Hello and welcome to another edition of Sound of La Liga. Real Madrid and Barcelona still sit top of La Liga, only separated by head-to-head and the fact that Real Madrid have a game in hand, which known Real Madrid's they will lose this week to Tony Adams' ferocious Granada. The two boys, La Liga, Jack. Good evening, Gav. That wasn't a bad game this evening, Jack, was it? No, it certainly wasn't. Not bad for, uh, well, geographically a derby, but after this season, a lot of the severe fans haven't really considered it that much of a an important rivalry, but they were bloody stuffed. It was mm. cracking performance from Malaga, and it's kind of an example of what they can do, really, and at the same time, an example of just why Sevilla completely fell apart in challenging for the title. Also joining us is Dan the Man. How are we doing, buddy? All right? Not too bad. As I said there, that tonight's game wasn't bad, and I'm not referring to Watford versus Liverpool. <laughs> One nil. Well, lads, I'm going to run through the scores. So Friday, we had Villarreal beating Sporting 3-1. Saturday morning, seeing Villarreal beat Granada 2-1. No surprise there. Real Madrid beat Valencia 2-1. Las Palmas was spanked 5-0 by Atleti. In the Barcelona derby, we had Espanyol 0, Barcelona 3. Osasuna and Deportivo played out with 2-2 draw on Sunday morning. Real Betis was hockeyed. Boy, Alaves 4 1. Ridiculous performance from um, Alaves and Betis. Eber 2, Leganes 0, Celta 0, Athletic 3. And this evening we seen Malaga beat Sevilla 4 2. Jack, I'm going to come to you. We're going to start off with Real Madrid beating Valencia 2 1. There was an awful lot of hope from Barcelona fans regarding this game. Ronaldo taking the leads. Then Danny Parejo with an absolute stunning free kick to level it up, only for Marcelo to go on one of his lovely runs and grab the three points for Madrid. But they just there's no stopping them at the moment, is there? No, there really isn't. That's kind of the key thing to take away from this game is the fact that even though Valencia equalised with less than 10 minutes to go, Nobody was surprised at the fact that Madrid then went on to score again and end up winning the game because they've done it so many times this season that it's just expected of them now. And I mean, looking at their fixtures ever since uh, the Classico, which obviously uh, kind of put the title race on its head, the, this, along with the severe game, was kind of the, the standout for, for ones where they could potentially drop points. And it was looking like that, especially after um, Diego Alves saved yet another Cristiano Ronaldo penalty. But Marcelo, and he, he came under a lot of criticism um, against Barcelona for his role, or, or should I say lack of role, in preventing Sergio Roberto, which then ultimately resulted in Barcelona scoring the winner. But then this game is just the clearest example of why you have him in the team. Because even though at times he can leave you a bit short at the back, the attacking quality and skill that he has is incomparable from a fullback in world football at this moment in time. Because he has been so vital 
over such a long period of time for for a club in which there's players who who really struggle to to impose themselves and can get overawed at the the fact that they're at such a super club as it were but Marcelo has just gone from strength to strength every single season and he he fully deserved the goal um, not only for his performance in the game but also his performance throughout the whole season he's been so key for for Madrid and a lot of their success has come down that left hand side and yeah that that was kind of all there was to it really well that's what I thought at least Dan Real Madrid's next three well they've four fixtures but their next three fixtures are Granada away they then have Sevilla home then they go away to Malaga now a lot's been made over the comments that were made from Malaga's owner regarding Catalonia and its people watching the match this evening especially um, Sandro's performance they're not going to drop points at Granada we don't know how Sampali is going to set up against them at the Bernabeu. Malaga, I mean, Malaga have looked really, really impressive lately. To beat Barcelona 2-0, obviously. Is that the game where all the hopes and dreams of Barcelona fans retain the title? Is it Does it come down to Malaga v Real Madrid? Well, if you look at how Malaga have played this evening, you'd say there's a really good chance that they'll get some out of it out of the match because I've been really impressed with him this season I think the for the last couple of seasons I don't know where they've been going up and down obviously since the issue was what they've had with the takeovers and whatnot. and then this season they've steadied the ship a little bit and they've put in some really good performances they've put in some below par ones but they don't look tired or anything to say it's towards the end of the season but they made a good severe team look pretty ordinary I thought tonight in the spells especially towards them when you're expecting to severe to attack them, searching for an equaliser at 3-2. But they look comfortable, they look confident. And in Sandro, they've got a player who, as a ex-Barcelona player, is going to want to prove a point against against Real Madrid. He's going to want to hurt them. Is I saw his heat map come on and couldn't believe how, how much he was getting involved in the game in terms of coming back for the ball, going out wide. They've got... They've got a player there who's going to want to prove a point, and I'm sure all Barcelona fans will be uh, will be bigging him up in the coming weeks, and there'll be loads of tweets on Twitter and to Insta- on his Instagram post reminding him of his colours, just so uh, you know, sort of a business. I know I'll be one of them. Well, Jack, we've seen. I don't know if you've seen today in the the news that Huddersfield are in a bit of trouble over feeling a weakened team against Birmingham in the Championship at the weekend. Should implications like that be brought into La Liga like you can't have managers coming out and basically stating that you know what I'm a Madridista I played for Madrid he was just short of basically saying yeah look don't worry about it if Madrid come here they're not going to have any trouble from us yeah it's it's difficult as to where you end up drawing the line really um, we saw it last season as well when Villarreal travelled to um, up to Sporting um, in the final day of the season. Sporting needed a win to stay up. Obviously, at the time, um, Marcelino was the VRL manager who was uh, born in Gijón, lifelong Sporting fan, and they effectively threw the game. So 
Sporting could stay up. So it happens, but I don't think that there will ever be any way to dictate who a manager select for a game because then that's effectively doing the manager's job for him. So if you have outside forces controlling whether X player can play or it's a slippery slope. And we saw it in England this season. Um, I think it was the Checker Trade Trophy, was it? Where teams were forced to, they had to have a certain number of players in the starting lineup that had played in the previous league game at the weekend. But then all you ended up ha- having was three players that played at the weekend started, but then were just immediately subbed off straight from kickoff. And obviously that's then risky because if you're, you know, if a player gets sent off or a player gets injured, then you've kind of buggered yourself. So I don't think, I mean, it's a problem, but I don't think it will ever be sorted out purely because it's impossible to be sorted out. You can't prevent someone from having their preferences and, okay, as a manager, they should be impartial and neutral. But we all know that that's not going to happen, especially not in Spain. We've seen Barcelona beat Espanyol 3-0. I thought the first half was... The first half, Espanyol had glimpses. There was, it was a tough enough game. There was Suarez obviously getting two goals. Other than that, he done absolutely nothing in the game. Rakitic getting a goal. I mean, Dan, Barcelona, they're doing everything they have to do in order to maintain touching distance. With, now, look, they're level at the moment. They're actually on top of the league at the moment, but Real Madrid have that game in hand. So, with the way the, the formula works with La Liga, just because it's head-to-head, Barcelona on top, but Real Madrid have that game in hand. I mean, Barcelona are playing well, and you can't fault them, can you? Not at all. Not at all, Gav. Uh, going into this weekend's game, this, I was quite optimistic for once. Quite optimistic for once, and I thought it'd be closer in the scoreline. I thought it was a decent, decent game between both teams, but I thought it might have been a closer, close scoreline. And like I say, they're doing everything right. They'd seen Real Madrid score earlier in the in the day. They knew what they had to do. It's going to be interesting next week where Barca kick off the Barca matches before Real Madrid's game. I know Real Madrid's got. Granada, Granada. <laughs> at least Barcelona can then put the pressure on Real Madrid instead of it being the other way around because I don't think we can underestimate how important that is when you're watching your title rivals either win or draw or, or lose and that will play a, play a big part psychologically whether it will actually matter because Real Madrid are again playing Granada probably not but Suarez has scored two goals after his is it five game drought in all competitions didn't play brilliant and he hasn't been playing his best, which we've come to expect just because how well he can play. But the signs are good, aren't they? The signs are good. Paco Alcacer's had a good few games. I feel for him. I feel they, they were dropped on the weekend, but it's fresh legs in Neymar. It's, I think it's it's a decent, probably the right thing to do for Luis Enrique in terms of rotating the squad to get somebody who you'd like to think were raring to go back into the team. And then... No doubt Paco will play again. Well, he'll play some part in the remaining games. I don't think he'll start against Villarreal, but I think he'll, uh, he'll have a part to play still. All looking good. It's just that that, ex, that game in hand for Real Madrid, I know it's going to be a tough one, but if we look at, if Celta Vigo get past, get past Man United, 
We've seen how poor we've done in the league recently, Celta. And I don't blame them for rotating the squad. Don't blame them at all. That's their priority now, the Europa League. But it might not be as hard for Real Madrid as that game could be. Quite optimistic, Gav. I think, uh, I think your optimism is rubbing on me a little bit. I'm glad, Dan, because I'm beginning <laughs> to feel a bit pessimistic. <laughs> Swapping roles. But, Jack, we have, um, again, as Tamira, what Dan had said... You know, Barcelona are doing everything they can to... They're doing what they have to do. But we have Villarreal coming up. Villarreal aren't totally out of the Champions League spots either. No, it certainly won't be an easy game. I mean, a lot of people were pointing the finger at the the derby being the, the trickiest fixture because Espanyol have been well, typically a very resilient at home. And we all know what they... Uh, what they tend to go like when they play Barcelona, they uh, they like to get a bit physical. But they they were massively helped out by Gerardo, who missed the absolute sitter in the first half. Played the back the shocking back pass for one of the Suarez goals, and also gave away a penalty. So, you know, didn't have the best of games. Let's face it. But Barcelona are doing everything that they can do in their power, which is keeping the league title race as open as it possibly can be. The way that they dispatched Espanyol, it wasn't a brilliant performance, far from it, but it got the job done. And that's something that quite often in recent seasons, and particularly this season as well, Barcelona have failed to do. They've played poorly, and but still had plenty of chances to, to comfortably beat the opposition, but have ended up dropping silly points because of it. And that's something that Madrid really just outshined them in. So, I mean, it's very much open and that Villarreal game is going to be absolutely crucial because, as you said, they're still in with a, a sniff of the Champions League spots, especially with the way that uh, Sevilla are just kind of falling apart with the reports of Sampaoli supposedly being unveiled as Argentina's new manager on the 22nd of May. So, it's going to be a tough game and I, I'm still holding true to my prediction that both Barcelona and Madrid will drop points. Um, before the season's up. Well, we have Barcelona Villarreal. That's the next game. Then there's Las Palmas. Barcelona are away to Las Palmas. Uh, I'm not. I'm pretty optimistic about that particular game because I just I think Las Palmas' this season is, is well done at this at this moment in time. Then they host Abar in the final game. So there's three winnable games there. Like I know what you're saying possibility of dropping points, but from Barcelona fans perspective it's not the worst three games to be facing up to um yes last promise that leads us on to atleti absolutely i didn't i don't i didn't see that coming jack to be honest five nil and it wasn't so much the scarline it was the manner they were absolutely battered yeah and the way well as you said the way they did it and went about it um just i I, I actually said flyer I actually said before we were having a little chat, I actually um, I threw a, a sneaky fiver on um, a Las Palmas win. <laughs> well, that's a fiver you never get, get yeah. back. Yeah, have a look, you live living there. It was testament to to Atleti to, to go out the way they did. Um, to go three up after 18 minutes was something that I don't think anybody like could predict. And it's... It's just frustrating as an Atleti fan because you see Madrid are able to 
rest players at the weekend and still be fairly comfortable, but we we just don't have that ability. We still have to play the strongest squad possible because the third place battle, well, up until tonight, was still so open. Um, so that that was what was frustrating because now we go into the derby with n- no right back whatsoever, and well, not yeah, you've got Lucas, Godin, Savic, and Felipe Luis as our available defenders, which you know when you're pl- when you're playing Madrid isn't exactly ideal. Um, but no, it was a really dominant performance and something that after the midweek defeat against Villarreal was something that was so needed ahead of the, the Champions League semis. Dan, Atleti, we, I think we all admire Atleti for who, for who they are and what, how they play. Is, uh, they're more than likely going to finish taught. Have they disappointed you in that regard? In the league, yeah. Because... The looking at the squad before the season started, and looking at the squad comparison to to Real Madrid and to Barcelona, I felt that it's probably the closest it's been in recent seasons. I know the Wumble League not long since, but when you look at the quality and depth in the in the Barcelona and Real Madrid squads, they've got that extra something. And I thought that they narrowed the gap this season. I thought signing Gamero after an incredible season with Sevilla. I thought that was a brilliant signing. The strength in the midfield looked really good. Uh, and I'm in a few minutes, I want to uh, come on to one of the players in particular and, and ask Jack a question about uh, Thomas. But I just felt that they were going to do so much more. But then on the flip side, in Europe, I think they've been exceptional. I think they've done really well. And as it stands, and I know we're going to talk about the uh, the Champions League fixtures, they're, they're my favourites to win it now. I think they're the... I'd back them. I'm not gonna because I'm uh, losing too much. But I'd back them if I were <laughs> to have a have a bet on on a team to win it from here on. Well, look, we don't have the Madrista tonight. Um, he's off studying, so he says. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, well, look, it brings us on nicely to an absolute cracking match in prospect coming up tomorrow evening. And if you're listening to this this evening, Jack, are you happier playing? away in the first match and regardless I know you're missing a, a couple of players but I mean like for like you said it's not that bad is it really like no I don't mind playing I mean I'd rather play at home second leg because the key the key to progressing to the final is to keep it as tight as possible in the first leg and the fact that that's at the at the Bernabeu is is in my opinion better because it gives us the opportunity to to nick an away goal without having the the consequences of it being the the final five minutes and needing an away goal. If you see what I mean, mm-hmm. if if it was the final five minutes of the tie and we needed an away goal to go through at the Bernabeu in the second leg, no chance. But the fact that it it will be a, a more open game in the first leg. But at the same time, it will be, if that makes any sense, it will be open, but both sides won't, won't be lucking to, to give away easy chances and won't be lucking to, to concede silly goals, um, because they need to go into the second leg in as strong a position as possible. But I think we're more likely to, to progress with the second leg at the Calderon. So yeah, I was, I was fairly happy with the, 
with the draw working out that way. The thing with the right-back situation is that Hosmer impressed against, let's face it, pretty mediocre opposition, as did Thomas. Neither of them, I mean, obviously now Hosmer's injured, so it probably end up being Lucas who shifts over to right-back. I just don't know if they're going to be able to, to handle Ronaldo. And not just Ronaldo, but Marcelo as well. And inevitably, a lot of Madrid's players are going to end up funneling down their left-hand side because that's a very obvious weakness in a team that usually doesn't have glaring weakness. Um, so that's that's really my major concern. I don't think we'll have a problem with scoring. I think we will score at the Bernabeu. You reckon? Yeah, I think, I think we'll score at the Bernabeu. I think it will be a very similar game to the to the Madrid derby played in the league not long ago. I think it will have a similar kind of pattern to that where it's all Madrid in the first half and Atleti just defend deep in their own box but then in the second half start to to counter more and become a little bit more adventurous and then nick a fairly late goal. So I think it will be 1-1 at the Bernabeu and hoping for a 1-0 at the Calderon. Does Thiago start? No. Definitely I, not. I, I don't think Thiago's got the legs anymore. He's he's kind of been banished ever since the the horrific back pass he made in the three 0 loss against Villarreal back in December. Um because at um during that game he was taken off but he walked off the pitch absolutely fine. Then it became apparent that he had a knee injury. Um, he was out for, for months and months and months. He's not long come back. And there's players who, who are able to cover more ground and still do the job that he can do, such as, for example, Thomas. So, no, I wouldn't start Thiago. I was just going to say, Jack, on that one, I've been meaning to ask you this for a couple of weeks now, but there's obviously that much to talk about what we get through. On Thomas, I'm really impressed with him, but I was very shocked when I found out he's, he's going to be 24 soon. So, what... What's the plans for him for next season? Because obviously Thiago's at his age now and the injury situation where he's come back from, as you just mentioned. Will we see more? Do you expect to see Mario Thomas next season? Because I, I do think he's a cracking player. I really do. And surely he's got to be close to starting more. Yeah, I think we will see. I mean, a lot of it depends on the, the outcome of the transfer ban appeal. If the appeal is ruled as being unsuccessful, which we will find out on the 31st of May, then there's no question about it, he will be featuring a lot next season because the the energy he provides. And Okay, he's 24. He hasn't exactly lit the world alight with mesmerising displays like other young central midfielders, but he just slots into that side so well with his, his dynamism and his pressing. And he doesn't have a bad eye for goal either. And I think he's, he's kind of developing this trait as just kind of a jack of all trades master of none so if you're you know if you're 1-0 up with 10-15 minutes to go and you're looking to defend the lead you chuck Thomas on just because he can just run and run and run the big problem that Thomas has had is that ahead of him in the central midfield pecking order are obviously Koke and Saul who are two fabulous central midfielders and then also Gabby, who needs to fit in there as well. So he's an incredible player on his day, 
but I, I think he w- he's going to end up featuring more next season purely because of how versatile he is, not necessarily because of his talent. Now we lost the Madrista tonight, so I'm gonna I'm gonna act as one. <laughs> how 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 do how do Madrid punish Atleti in this first in the first leg? Who who do they play? Dan, who do you think they should play? Obviously, we know who's gonna be playing up front, but does this go start? I think he's got to. It didn't start over weekend. Ahmed started, and I can't remember. It didn't come on, did it? I can't remember him coming on. So he's going to be fresh, and he's been exceptional as of late. It really has been a phenomenal, phenomenal performer. And the when you look at Atleti and and how well the defend, especially in the Champions League, and if you look at recent performances, I think about the game against uh, against Leicester. And I'm, for one minute, I'm not comparing Leicester's attack with Real Madrid's, but we're looking at the, the balls of the top with Leicester and they're just gobbled about up Atleti. Even though they haven't got the most paces centre out, it's just, it was just it was like a training drill for him. And I think Isco holds that key to, to breaking them down, getting getting the ball from left to right, going through the middle for Ronaldo, using Marcelo's, te- well, just using how just using Marcelo, we are brilliant to, <laughs> to get balls out wide who can put balls into the box. I will be very shocked this time if if his score doesn't start. Essential being brilliant, I just think that we how big the game is. I think that Zidane will go for experience. We score cost. I know his score's still quite young, but he's very experienced. How well he played in the Champions League final last season when he when he featured. I think Zidane's going to be looking at that and looking at how well he did against her. A resolute athletic defence. I hope he don't play. <laughs> I had to get that in. I'm really I had to get that in. I'm sorry. I think that's a, the man. I'd even go as far as Murata. I just yeah. think Benzema's recently. I've, now I don't mind Benzema as a player. I think is a is one of the is a perfect mold for Ronaldo because he's so unselfish. I think we might have mentioned this last week, and he allows Ronaldo to do what Ronaldo does and what Ronaldo wants to do and what Ronaldo's so well at doing. But it's not working at the minute for Benzema and. Murata's still their second leading goal scorer in the league behind Ronaldo and it's going to be frustrating for the for the lad who has gone from being quite an important part in Juve's team from what I saw when they were at Juventus to at the minute just being in this so-called B team for when they, when they rotate which Some looks to be doing, <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> isn't too bad at all but I don't think Zidane will I think he'll go for his uh, for, for Benzema for Perez's uh, little fan, child, <laughs> love child, yeah, fan, yeah, he's a fan of him. And to Isco and Murata, that's what that's what I think could be could cause problems for Atleti. Jack, do you know who I think is going to start tomorrow? I think Kovacic is going to start. I think Zidane will. He's not going to go gun ho at home. I think he'll allow the the front three of Benz, Miranalo, and Isco. And I honestly think you'll have Modric, Cruz, and Kovacic in that middle. Kovacic. To me, is an incredibly underrated player. People, obviously, who don't see him play, don't get just how good he is. I think he'll start tomorrow. And if Isco starts, I think Atleti may be in a bit of trouble. And then on the flip side to that, if Isco does start, I think you're going to have Simeone. If there's one player on the whole pitch that is going to be manhandled, it'll be him. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, honest guy. I think he he has the ability to really damage um, Atleti. He the the way he occupies space, kind of in between the lines, as it were. His passing ability and it's so frustrating the fact that he's come into such a good run of form just before the semi final tie because he can be so devastating when used in the correct setup. And I think that he, it's now gotten to the point where, with Bale out injured, that he will be kind of the, the, the main playmaker. That worries me. That worries me a lot. But, you know, he'll have Felipe Luis to give him a good kick in. So <laughs> every cloud has a silver lining. Well, go on, Jack. What's your prediction for tomorrow? Uh, I, I'm, still, I'm still going for a 1-1 draw. One one, Dan. Yeah. I'm gonna go for a two one Real win. However, I still think Athletic to win the <laughs> win the trophy. I'll tell you my prediction week after. <laughs> I'm gonna go for a two one Atleti win. Now we're gonna move on to the other European setup, which is of course Celta Vigo. Twenty million Celta Vigo host half a billion. Man United on Thursday. Now, Celta Vigo were spanked at the weekend, but it was a complete rotation. I mean, to be fair, anyone who's into betting, if they had a seen the odds on Athletic beating Celta, there were odds on at one stage. You should have put your absolute mortgage on it because there was no way on earth Celta were contesting this game. Dan, there's been a fair bit of not criticism, I don't want to use the word criticism, there's been a fair bit of belittling of Celta Vigo on social media from certain sector fans who think this is just going to be a straw in the pack. We see it time and time again, don't we, with uh, with any Spanish team, what is it in Real Madrid and Barcelona? I can remember, not to try and go off, off track here, but I can remember when Chelsea drew Atleti in the Champions League when they got the, the first leg of Calderon and it was nil-nil and people were like oh Chelsea will be fine it's, they're not that good Atletico the, yeah and all this but 3-1 Atletico after going 1-0 down we saw it with Sevilla in the Champions League final against Liverpool yeah the, the Europa League, League uh, sorry Europa League yeah <laughs> uh, that's what I got. yeah Sevilla have won it twice back to back but this is Liverpool this is a different opposition and that second half from Sevilla just wiped the floor with them and we've seen it once again and it's frustrating, but you know what we know, and the the guys who listen to the pod know that Celta are no mugs. You know they went to Real Madrid as the first in the first leg of the Copa del Rey, and they won. They then hosted them and they they held them to a two-two draw to go through. They bet Barcelona this season just because some people don't know maybe all the players or don't know. Oh, well, they do know the players, Dan. They know Aspas, and obviously he's been labelled as an absolute flop who can't even take a corner. Yeah. Uh, same one who scored an absolute spunker against England as well, funny enough, for Spain. Mm-hmm. And they just seem to, to just shrug them off just because they don't know who they are or they don't know how well they are. And you know what? I really hope... I mean, I, I, I must admit, I'm not a fan of Manu. I never have been. But I really hope that Celta get something on, th- on Thursday, just to shut a lot of them up. I'm not about the Man U fans, but necessarily the fans in general, the the fans of the Premier League who seem to look down on every other league because it's not the Premier League. I just hope it, they shut them up and put in a great performance with the with the squad that they've got. As you mentioned, the money spent is you can't compare the two. 
You really can't compare it to when Pogba Pogba basically costs six times more than a Celtic's complete squad. But you know what you'll get, Gav? If just say Man U win two one, or they'll be oh look at how how bad the the Spanish team is. Not taking into consideration, yeah. They're 11th in the league, Jack. 11th. This is what I... This, this, this bothers me, right? We have... We, we, we have a lovely little team here. Now, they're 11th in the league at the moment. I don't think it's war. I think they should be a lot higher up, but I think they've put all their eggs in the one basket with the Europa League, and they're fully entitled to it. They should be a lot higher, in my opinion. But if you're a fan of said club Manchester United and we know that 99.9% of EPL fans are only EPL fans they couldn't give a shit about they don't even realise there's other leagues out across the water like they're looking to check out Celta Vigo the first thing anyone does we all do it is when we're trying to find out a particular team you go to that particular league's league table now you're looking at Celta Vigo they're 11th You'd have checked the last couple of results. Oh, they got beaten here. Oh, look, they're shy. But, Jack, they really aren't, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. And going back to what Dan said about the cup tie against Madrid back in January, that's the the beautiful thing with Celta is that they, they can be ruthless in attack and really, really hurt you when going forward. But then they can't ask for a game. The, the way that Barica manages the game and it, it it's kind of similar to Atleti in the sense that when it's a knockout game, his players nobody ever questions their commitment for the, for the club because they do anything necessary to get the result, and that's that's what I think will be the biggest shock to to United is if if Salta do come away with a win in the home leg, they will have the ability to, to go to United and be right bastards and really kill the game and not give United even the slightest chance. But who Jack, who in your opinion is the key player? Now obviously we can say Aspas, but I for me I think I think Sisto is gonna play a very big role in this particular match. Yes, I mean, Sister could really, really hurt United on the counter with his pace. I'm also a really big fan of Daniel Vass, uh, the the central midfielder. Um, he he kind of goes under the radar a little bit when people talk about Salta, but I mean, you can't really blame them when you have Aspas and Pione Sister and also um, Bervais as well, who all three of them have just been fabulous this season. And all of them cost under five million each. <laughs> That's insane, isn't it? Insane. Well, Jack, give us your prediction on that. Uh, oh, you've got me on the spot now. Um, one nil. One nil, Celta. Just, just one nil. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fucking get out the feds, you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dan. Come on, enlighten me. One one draw. United love a draw. I think Celta would be quite happy with that. Take them to Old Trafford. They're good enough to score two there. One-one draw for me, Gav. Hmm. I'm gonna go three-one Celtic. Fingers crossed, mate. No, I just believe. I just, I, you know, what? I've had this. I've, I've said it for months. I, I honestly think set this Celtic, Celtic de Vigo 
will win the Europa League. I said it months ago. I just they want it. You can see it that you've you've seen them so many times rotating in the league. They gave up on the league months ago. They just gave up on it because they were in a position that you know they weren't going to hit Champions League. They're certainly not going to be relegated. But every time they've gone to play away in the Europa League, they've they've it doesn't matter who they've played. I mean, they went to Russia. I mean, that's an incredibly tough place to go and play crashing that off the pack. So I just think they want it more. I think Man United expect to win it. And I just think Celta Vigo want to win it. And I mean, how fucking messed up would it be if Celta Vigo got into the, the final? I mean, that is just, it's insane because we know of their recent history and where they have been to where they are now to, again, £20 million worth of talent in a whole squad full of misfits who have the opportunity to cause, for a lot of people, a major, major upset. So, again, fingers crossed. I think, you know, I actually think it'll be an absolutely fantastic football match between uh, Celta and Man United. But I'm going to move on to the Segunda. Now, we don't talk a lot about the Segunda. But, Jack, Levante are coming up. Levante have been stalwarts in the Liga for many years they, they, they've come up they've walked arguably one of Europe's toughest leagues are you happy to see them back? yes I know um, <laughs> well obviously I know why now but yeah. I mean in the sense I mean they're a big big enough club I mean, I mean you've seen what the, the club have done to um, all their socials where they've basically given them all free season tickets that's that's an incredible gesture but you, you kind of know now that when Levante come in, it's it's a big enough club where it's not the Leganes, the Abars, you know, it's or the it's a big big club. It's it's part of a Valencia. We're gonna have a half decent team on our hands coming up, and with the new money coming into La Liga, like the likes of Davison and all those boys, Sergio Leon, they're on Levante's radar. Yeah, well, I mean. Obviously, Davison and Camarasa are still technically on Levante's books. Whether they will return there in the summer remains to be seen. They're a really classy club, and actually the, the Valencia derby is quite underrated. Um, it's a really fun game, and the, there's always the passion there. I mean, it's not as intense as the, the Seville derby, but it's still you can, you can still see how much it means everyone so I'm glad to see them back because they're a well-run club that do things the right way as opposed to Granada for example who have been relegated so yeah I mean on the whole I'm happy to see them back I'd really like to see Hirona go up as well I know you would like to as well yeah um direct flights from Dublin (laughs) (laughs) um a team that I think are, are fairly underrated in the Segunda, I think are, are Lugo. I mean, they doesn't look like they're going to get the playoffs this season. We don't know, Jack. Do you know what? Just sorry to cut you off. I'm going to give an example. Give people listening an example. In third place, we have Hatafe with 58 points. Okay. In 19th place, we've Nastic with 41 points. Now. 
in sixth place with Tenerife with 55. There's still another six games to go. I mean, in okay, it's it's a long shot, but the whole league still have playoff spots up for grabs, depending on how. It's it's insane looking at it. I mean, looking at the league table at the moment, you've got you've got thirteen teams fighting relegation, and at the same time, nine of them teams are fighting for the playoffs. It's fucking mad, mad. Well, yeah, uh, actually, Nastic up until a few months ago were were in and around the playoff places, and they've just completely fell apart. Um, and then. Same can be said. Well, it's the opposite, really, for for Rio, who were in real danger of of going down, but they've kind of steadied the ship and are now sitting only, fairly comfortably th- in comparison. They're fifteenth, okay. Jack. They're fifteenth, and they're only two points off the relegation plot. Yeah, but if you look at if you look at the teams around them and the way that they've been playing, like uh, they're all muck. Cordoba <laughs> can't can't. Can barely survive playing ninety minutes. Like they're they're just not fit enough as professional footballers. So they end up conceding a lot of late goals that cost them points. You've got Elche who are just kind of a mess after, ever since the financial irregularities that relegated them. Alcorcon, who okay, are a decent side and can be a decent side, but the the bigger side there that that really jumps out at you is Mallorca. Yeah. Like, what the bloody hell are they doing down there? The, the fact that... 26 points there. Four. Again, this, this is... Again, looking at the league table, it's, okay, Mallorca, they're second from the bottom. There's still 18 points to play for. Yeah. Looking at them today, you'd, you'd go, they're gone. But... Well, I mean, they they had a they had a good win at the weekend yesterday. Yeah, with yeah. Sevilla, let's go. It's actually, um, I don't know. Um, I don't think Sevilla see Sevilla let go can't come up. Yeah. Um, I don't think they tried particularly hard, even though they scored twice. I don't think. I think if they'd have tried, they'd have really, really hurt Mallorca. They just look, you know, Jerry's old club. Yeah. But it's it's a fucking mental it's a mental mental league. And I heard another great stat. I was um, talking to a lad from Football Radar who covers um, the Segunda. Out of twenty two teams, I think only Melendez are the only team not to achieve at least a point per game. Well, that just speaks volumes about the league, really. Look, that's just, mad. That's, that, that's mad, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Just Melendez are the only team not to have at least a point per game. And all it would take for Melendez to get back into that average is to win one game. Jesus. Oh, Jack, we are okay. We let's hope Levante are up. Hopefully, Hirona get up. Who else do you want to see up? I don't know. Um, I'd quite like to see Tenerife have a bit of Canary Island rivalry going on. But at the same time, I would really like to see Lugo. Um, make it into the playoffs and, and make it up. I, I like them as a club. Um, just going back to Mallorca, though, um, obviously they had pretty nasty owner who who really <clears throat> just drove the club into the ground, which obviously explains why they ended up in the Segunda. But last summer they they got new owners. I think it was the, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, I think. Yeah, it was. in America. 
they're, they're in America, Americans, America. absolutely loaded. And it kind of seemed like, at least financially, they were getting back on track. But the season really hasn't gone to plan for them so far. And the fact that they could end up in, in the third tier of Spanish football next year is actually quite scary to think about. Well, that's the abyss. you got Elte, Segunda Bay. Good luck. Don't, Dan, no, don't come back up. Don't come back. Dan, of all the teams we've mentioned there, um, who would you like to see back in La Liga? Tough one, Gav. Just because there's, I'd be happy with quite a lot of them. But just for the fact that we'd have we'd, we'd be able to talk about how Las Palmas do without having to travel to mainland Spain, I'd like Tenerife just so we can see if we can win in a way win, win again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw it at the start of the season, whatever. Yeah, better Valencia, but yeah, I think it would be a nice little Canary Island derby that. And it's not one I can remember what remembering much of it. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I can't think. A few years now. Yeah, I was just thinking so, yeah. But Girona as well for Barcelona, uh, to go to Catalonia to be good to, to get games in, in that area. So It was a proper derby, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't wait to get that in, could you? Oh, I had to. Well, I tell you, we, the likes of Aviano, who've had um, some fairly decent exposure, obviously, with the fact of Sid Lowe thrown out the GoFundMe almost. Um, I, I don't... I think... They're in a position, obviously, that where they can come up. I think they're the Osasuna of Segunda Bay. To see. You don't want them coming up. If they come up, or you can just see them heading straight back down. They're a mess of a club. I don't mean um, financially. I just, the style of play is just amateurish at the moment. They're, play, they're doing well at the moment, but I, I don't think I'd like them to come up purely because if they do come up they'll just be like us assume that they're not ready to come up and that's that's kind of the screwed up thing with the, the playoffs but there is one team I don't want to come up I do not want Hatafe. <laughs> we had to endure them for what nearly a decade <laughs> just not play and that told again 18 points left they're they're only what five they're only 7 points behind Harona at the moment Oh, God, if anyone is, <laughs> has any interest in the Segunda, have a look at the league and try and try and figure out where the final stands are because that, to me, is one incredibly competitive league. Between Tord and 19, there's 17 points. And that's just mental. And there's 18 points to play for. So, let know, lads. Oh, before we go, we've got Leganes. And Sporting. Dan, can Sporting do it? Can they stay up? I don't think they will, Gav. I think it's been I think it's been written for them. Uh, I know there's still three games for them to play. Nine points. The fixtures aren't that bad. I'll just get the fixtures back up. I look at them this morning and you know what? They've got real Betis. I think both teams play Betis, which that's that's a, they're going to have a massive part to play in it. But I just the don't think they're good enough. We got Spartan and Las Palmas at the weekend. Yeah. Now we know Las Palmas. <laughs> they they don't even travel. They, they don't even bother traveling. And I don't know. Can, I, I can see Spartan beating Las Palmas. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. What about you, Jack? Can you think Spartan will beat Las Palmas? Yeah, but I don't think they'll stay up. Well, Leganes beat Betis. If Betis play the way they did against Alavés, <laughs> then I, yeah. I wouldn't put it past them because despite going one 0 up, they were. Absolutely dreadful at the back. 
They're so poor. But I think this weekend it can be the defining weekend because if Leganes get anything from Betis, if Spartan win and Leganes lose, I think Spartan are in a much better position. Based, we've seen what Abar done with Leganes. Abar gave Leganes 70, 75 minutes to beat them because Abar were quite, I'm not going to say poor, they were just, they weren't arsed to the bra and recon. And then once he came on, it was a completely different game. You can see them doing the same. You can see Athletic beating Leganes the following week. And then on the last match day, you've got Leganes against Alaves, which is a tasty game. And obviously, as Dan says, you've got Spartan against Betis. And based on the way Betis have been playing, I don't know. I'm actually going to throw my neck out and hope Spartan stay up. Because I think Leganes plays some fucking dire football. They do, mate. And I, in a way, I like Spartan to stay up, just so it's, it's a bit of... Uh... Bit of interest in the relegation battle because I don't know about you two lads, but I just think it's been so poor at the bottom this season. When you look at recent seasons, where coming down to the, I think over the penultimate weekend last season, that two out of possible four could be relegated. The bottom three, as it stands, have won together the same amount as Alaves have. They've won twelve games between them, all Jeez, three yeah. teams, and that's the team who came up. That's the team who were in the Copa del Rey final for Christ's sake coming up doing so well being a massive success this season I've loved this season I really have I've, I've said it I've, it's on record that it's my favourite La Liga season in a long time but then I get to the bottom and it, I just think it's it's been such a letdown where it's been the same couple of teams at the bottom I'm, I'm going to have to check I'm going to check every weekend's table from start of season I'm going to do that this week and see what movement there's been because I can't think of much this at all. Is, uh, this has been the same bottom three since week nine. Oh, there we go. It hasn't. There we go. Yeah. And that's, it's just uh, been a little know, bit of dampener when you think you about know, it like that. Do you know what would be nice? I'd like to see Asasiona finish 19th. I'd like to see Granada 20th because I think they fucking deserve it. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. I watch Asasiona. Asasiona, you guarantee the game a, a decent night's viewing with Asasiona. Okay, it may be six or seven against them, but there's always goals with them, and they always try. Granada, I mean, was it Malaga? That's the worst football performance I've seen in donkey's years. I don't know. It's embarrassing. And I'll say it again. You got rid of Paco Hemene. You got rid of the man. Okay, he's manic. He's mental. But what did you expect? They panicked. I think they panicked. What about you, Jack? Do you think they panicked too much? Well, yeah, I mean, sacking a manager six games into the season, I don't think there's any other word to describe it, apart from panicking. They needed to give him time. They knew before they hired him, <clears throat> they knew what they were getting with him and the baggage that he carried. So in hiring him, you were effectively saying that you're prepared to deal with that and to accept that. And then to turn around six games in and be like, actually, this isn't what we want, it then undoes a whole summer's worth of planning. And actually, I, I do have sympathy for, for Granada fans because the decisions made from the, the previous sporting director to, to bring in all of these different nationalities and so many different players on loan who have no connection to either the area or the, or the club, of course they're, they're then going to put in half-assed performances when it's not going yes. their way. 
Yes, that's I'd agree with you. Because they're not fighting for the shirt, unlike Yeah. But would you not agree would you not agree the same thing happened to it Ray of Icano and that Paco told them into team players. Made them play for the jersey. I mean Ray of Icano you know they were Ray Vagano were arguably the most entertaining La Liga team for the last five or six years based on pure utter suicide football. But it worked. And he'd have done, I, I, I believe he'd have done the exact same with Granada. Okay, they were an abysmal start to the season, but so did Malaga. I mean, the only thing left for Granada now is to obviously restructure with um, the work that Tony Adams has been doing. And um, they've already got in place... Uh, a new manager for next season, and they've confirmed that he he is indeed Spanish. So Adams is no uh, name, no 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 names as of yet. And they've also um, got a new sporting director who I believe is local to the area. So at least they're they're rebuilding an identity again. Well, lads, on that note, we're leaving. No Gav rant this week because there's nothing to be ranting about. <laughs> <laughs> too much to be ranting about, more like. Ah. Uh. No, I'll, I'll do Where it next week. Actually, you know what? Fuck, I will. I will <laughs> rant, actually. I will throw it around. You know what? Um, I tell you, if if it does, if Barcelona do win all their games and Real Madrid win all the games, well, obviously Real Madrid win. But I'd like to come back to that fucking Real Betis game and the absolute abysmal decision not to award that goal. Now, let's me rant. <laughs> I've thrown that, that out now. That was pretty substandard. <laughs> uh, it's not. We'll have nothing to be nothing to be moan about this week, Jack. It's everything's everything's gone right. Well, no. Um, well, what about the uh, the um, Mundo Deportivo thing where um, they complained that the, oh, the La Liga social account put five more O's in the word goal uh, when Madrid scored the the eventual winner in the Valencia game than when uh, Valencia had scored. Jack, do you know what I'm going to say to that? I couldn't give a bollocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not that petty. I know. I mean, but that's the league, isn't it? That's how petty it gets. Yeah. I'm counting fucking O's. Oh, look at that. He had six O's. He'd five. Oh, fuck off. I mean, I, I don't know about anyone else, but wh- whenever I do something like that with like a, a repeat of a certain letter, I just hold the letter down and then just stop when I think there's enough. I'm sure that's all that happened, but yeah. that's it's the politics, you know. You said the politics between those newspapers, they're just yeah. they're fucking assholes, to be honest. Assholes. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I mean, the the worst thing is is that then uh, the Valencia-based paper Super Deporte then actually decided to run with the story <laughs> as well. Threw gas on the fire, didn't they? That's what they did. Yep. But it's pay. That's all it is. It's pay. I'm sorry, lads. I'll, 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 do you know what? I'll have a rant for next week. I'll start I'll start, I'll start fighting somebody <laughs> well look lads as always total gentlemen thanks for coming on and we'll do it again next week bye